Next on BYUSN, say hello to your BYU football starters. The first depth chart of the year for the Cougars is out. Did anything on the roster rundown shock us? Hey, BYU linebacker and captain Ben Bywater has earned his starting spot. Where has he improved the most over the last year? Plus, it's NFL cutdown day. How many former Cougars do we expect will make a 53-man roster? And it's Tuesday. We don't have tacos. We've got the top five Tuesday season opening wins in the history of BYU football. We'll roll them out. What deserves number one in that list? There have been some epic, epic victories in the season opening format. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is August 29th. I am Spencer Linton. He is BYU football uniform consultant Dave McCann. You wear many titles, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them have no authority whatsoever. <laughs> like this one, for example. However, the new threads are out. Yeah. It used to be that you're either this or you're that. But now there's like six different uniform configurations, maybe more than that. So this is what the guys have come up with for opening night on Saturday night. you got the royal helmet. You've got the gray face mask. Okay. Uh, the white pants. The gif, the gif look. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be sharp. Under the lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that's going to look pretty crisp on FS1. Okay, yeah, I'm always a fan of the Gifford Nielsen gray face mask. Uh, the Royal on Royal has received mixed reviews with the helmet and the jersey because it's hard to match, like, the exact tone of Royal in a shiny helmet as it is to how a uniform just kind of lays right. on shoulder pads yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But it's going to look great. The stadium's going to be striped. This is, Energy's going to be just out of, the, out of this world. These are the colors that beat Baylor. Yes. Another team from Texas yes. coming, so they're going to use the same colors to try and beat Sam Houston. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll be there. We'll show it to you live. The first time someone shows up coming out of the locker room Saturday night to do their warm-ups, that'll be live on BYU TV, and so you can see it for yourself. But that's the look for opening night. Saturday night football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Feels right. It's happening Feels this right. week. The first of two Bearcats that BYU will face this season. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. He's a playmaker. Hone in and, and prove what they're all about and solidify their, their spots on the deck chart. I've been really impressed with all the guys that have come here. Uh, just really excited to see them play now. Presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. The BYU football starters are all set for game number one against Sam Houston State. We're going to give you an all-access depth chart breakdown today. And specifically, Dave, when you first saw that list, which we have waited all offseason for, just to see, like, where are the coaches on this player? Where's the mindset on this guy? Will this dude be a starter? Now we know. So now that you have seen it, what was your first reaction? And did anything shock you immediately? Well, I looked and I didn't see Hinkley Rapati. And I went to look to the kick returners, and he wasn't there either because his health isn't great, and that's why he's not, not in that. But it opens the door for LJ um, to, to swing in there as the third-string running back. Yeah. And, um, and LJ Martin, we're going to hear from Aaron Roderick here in a, in a little bit, but, but that kid was in high school last year, uh, wasn't at spring drills because he was finishing up school in El Paso, and, and he made that kind of impression over three and a half weeks of fall camp, and so we're going to see him on Saturday. Yeah. Not sure how much, 
but the freshman's going to see the football much like Ronnie Jenkins saw the football as a freshman, and maybe he can have that kind of a special season. He looks the part, and a little bit later will play for you a soundbite from Aaron Roderick, yeah. specifically on L.J. Martin and what he means to this team. Now, I... I don't know that I was just downright shocked by anything, yeah. but there are certainly a few surprises. You brought up one with Hinkley Rapati and L.J. Martin being the third-string guy as a true freshman. But I looked at the offensive line, and to see that Paul Miley, the transfer from Utah, is going to be the starting center, and Connor Pay is now pushed over to a starting guard spot, that was a little bit of a surprise. I thought... You know, Paul, and to credit Paul, he is open and talented and physical, and he's such a violent offensive lineman in the most wonderful football way. But he said, I'll do whatever. He's so happy to be at BYU, just grateful. And you can say the same about Caleb Etienne and Waylon Lapuaho. Right. Three transfer starters on the offensive line, Dave. That's a little bit of a surprise. And one of those transfers, Paul Miley at center, pushing the incumbent, Connor Pay, over to guard. But Connor doesn't care either. No, Connor's an NFL talent, and maybe it's at guard. Maybe it's not NFL. Maybe center. so. Maybe so. Showing his versatility this year yeah. will, will help his resume. But that was, that was a little bit of a shocker to me was that there are three transfer starters on the offensive line, and then you couple them with just an, an all-world talent in Kingsley Suamataia and a guy that, as you mentioned, has NFL talent in Connor Pay. I was surprised on the defensive line that the two Boise State transfers are starting on Saturday night. Now, how about that? Two transfers on the defensive line yeah, that are starting. Yeah, Jackson Cravens and um, uh, Isaiah Banya. Um, Banya is on the end to provide uh, opposite Tyler Batty to, to bring some pressure there. But going into the offseason, in addition to changing out most of the staff, except for Gennaro Guilford on defense, uh, and to bring some attackers and strengthen the boys up front. Yes. They went out to strengthen the boys out front, and two of the guys they got are starters on Saturday. Yeah, how about that? Transfer impact players, almost half of the starters are from the transfer portal in some regard, whether it's junior college, whether that's straight up from a Division I university. But, yeah, this is, an, this is a new dynamic for BYU football with so many new faces. Now, yesterday, understandably, we all have questions about the safety position specifically. Right. So, yeah, that's where, you know, my eyes went very early when I saw the depth chart is, okay, if Micah Harper's out for the season and Talon Alfrey is injured, who the heck is going to be the starter at the safety position? And Kalani Satake spoke to the media. He was asked, not shockingly, about the depth chart in the safety room, and Ethan Slade gets to start there with that injury to Talon Alfrey. So here's what Kalani had to say about Slade, who is sliding into that starting safety position. He's a playmaker. You know, Ethan is a great student of the game. And um, I think he's been, uh, you know, not a surprise for me, but a surprise for Jay Hill. And, and he's really taken um, to Jay Hill's coaching and, and the mentoring that he's given him. That whole entire group, I, I feel really good about the, the safety group altogether. Obviously, it hurts not having Micah and then uh, not having Talon, but uh, the guys will, will pick up pick up where uh, you know where those guys left off. And uh, from what I've seen from week one to where we're at now. And in fall camp, I feel really confident going into the season with Ethan and the others that are on the depth chart. Ethan has taken advantage of his opportunity, even with the healthy talent, Alfrey. But once Micah Harper went out, naturally the coaches are going to rely more heavily on Ethan to join Alfrey and kind of work through both of those safety positions. But now he is the guy at strong safety. And 
He's not going to be the only guy, Dave, and, and Jay Hill spoke about that yesterday. It makes you wonder what Sam Houston's going to attack first. Do they drop back and chuck it deep and go, let's go after the, the youngest members out there in the secondary? Do we go after that safety yeah. position? And I just spoke with the Sam Houston blogger, Conference USA yeah. guy, and he was quick to point out they have some solid talent at the wide receiver right. position. So naturally, if they know about some injuries to BYU secondary, why wouldn't you just test them a little bit to see what's really back there. And we know they're watching this morning, so good morning. <laughs> good to have you with us. Here's defensive coordinator Jay Hill on the safety situation. Yeah, Ethan Slade has had a really good camp. He's made a lot of plays. I think a, a name coming up in the future that you're going to see a lot of, Raider DeMuni, is going to be a great player in his defense. Malik Moore is a player that's made a lot of plays in his career at BYU. And, you know, there's a bunch of others. Crew Wakely is a guy that you'll see throughout special teams, and um, he's had a nice camp at safety. I have no problem putting him in the game. PD Tui Pelotu is, is a guy that I think has a bright future here. So bottom line, it's going to be safety by committee a little bit, and I want to see those guys hone in and, and prove what they're all about and solidify their, their spots on the depth chart. This could be a great opportunity for Raider DeMuni, back from his church mission. They usually like to sit those guys out, yeah. you know, so there's not a hamstring or a knee or a shoulder injury that seems to follow these return missionaries who come back maybe a little too fast. But here's an opportunity for him, and uh, he was a standout in high school over at Tempview, just up the road from here, um, and now he, he's going to get a chance to go out there and play Division One football right away. There are three freshmen, true freshmen, that I believe could have an impact for BYU football this season. Raider DeMuni, given the circumstances in the safety room, is one of those. Another one is John Henry Daly on the yeah. defensive line, who shows up as a second stringer. And then the other is the man you brought up already, L.J. Martin, who is at that number three spot in the running back room. And offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick has not been shy no. in sharing his opinion about the capability and the prospect and the potential of L.J. Martin. In fact, listen to what Aaron Roderick said yesterday on Coordinator's Corner. More than pretty good. Yeah. L.J. is one of our best players, and you're going to see a lot of him this year. He will, he will play, um, and he, he proved that early in camp and then just keeps getting better every day. He's one of our best players. And it's not new. Like, I've heard Aaron say similar things, but, again, we're in game week, and to just – that, that statement, it carries some weight, yeah. right? Because the kids. Like a, is that a phenom? Cause he's 18 years old, and here's your offense coordinator saying, yeah, he's already one of our best overall football players. And what a, what a counter punch to a 6'3, 235-pound Aiden Robinson. Yeah. And, uh, and then you've got the, the addition Deion of Deion Smith, Smith yes. Uh, and, and, and that is a pretty good. Three, three person tandem coming out of the backfield where last year it was, okay, what are we going to do running back? And uh, here come three guys that weren't with the team last year ready to play. And we're going to see them on <laughs> Saturday. That, welcome to college football. Next year's roster, we're going, we didn't see those guys last year. Now they're here. The new age of college football. But it brings some pizzazz and some spunk to, I want to see what these guys are like. What, what's going to happen yes. when uh, when Martin gets a pitch running to, a right, to the right? Is he that fast? Yes. We're going to see. Isn't it funny? It's a funny dynamic, and I compare this to M&Ms and peanut M&Ms because sometimes, like, like it, you like just the original M&M, and it's good, and it's, it's consistent, and it's a winner, but you, you just get a little bit tired of it sometimes, and so you're like, 
I think I want a little, a little bit of a, a different taste, a, a little diversity here. So let's bring in some peanut M&Ms. And everyone just or, likes or some caramel ones. Oh man! But the, don't bring me the almonds and the other stuff. That that's those the three: <laughs> yeah. regular peanut or the the caramel. People like options. They like new and shiny. <laughs> um, but maybe you try some of these caramel M&Ms and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really like those. I try the almond ones. You're like, I don't, I don't like those. Give me, give me just the regular peanut yeah, and, the, go back and the, to the, the original chocolate. Yes. So it, it's an interesting kind of debate mentally when you look at a bunch of new because it's fun and you're not really sure and it's an experiment. Um, hopefully this works out for BYU because by necessity they've gone all in on this. They've gone all in on welcoming all of the M&M flavors. 60. Right? 60 M&M flavors. <laughs> it's is a, it's a is big, it going to work? It's a big bag. Yes, um, including at the kicking position, Dave. Yeah, and so fortunately the Rico brothers have, are holding down the punting situation. The Riggs brothers are holding down the long snapper. So you got older brother, younger brother, older brother, younger brother. That, that's, that's there. The question is, well, who's going to kick? Uh, who's going to be the place kicker, the field goal kicker? And special teams coach Kelly Papinga announced who that would be on coordinator's corner. Will Farron won the job, and it was close. Um, actually, after all the kicks from the start of fall camp to uh, the last week to last week, they were exactly the same percentage. Wow. It was a little closer than I thought it was going to be because I had heard early in camp that Will was kind of pulling away, but Kelly just said it was literally down to the final few kicks. And unlike the NFL when the backup is cut, you know, it's good to have two kickers on the roster. Uh, we needed that last year sure. during times. Jake Oldroyd's going to be tremendously missed because of his consistency over yeah. the course of his career. He is the all-time points leader in BYU history. But there was a patch there where it was a struggle, and you had to go to Justin Smith, and you had to hope he could do it. So Farron gets the start, and the guy behind him, we hope he can do Matthias it. Matthias Dunn, who is a freshman. Farron is a redshirt sophomore. And I don't know, I, we mentioned this yesterday on the show, but some BYU fans are like, well, who's the Farron? I heard he was just like a kickoff guy at Boise State. Will Farron was a very accomplished kicker going into Boise State and his career up there, he lost out to one of the best kickers in the entire country, like a Lou Groza yeah. Award finalist type guy. And Farron just lost out. So he was the backup to one of the best kickers in the country, and now BYU fortunate enough with the Kelly Papinga tie to bring down Will Farron and those guys on the defensive line. So the we have three Broncos in our starting lineup. How about that? Is, is Boise State the new Ricks College? <laughs> From the great state of Idaho? Are they just going to send us guys every year? Dave, you just blew my mind. <laughs> right, that's one of the best questions you've pipeline. ever proposed. we got a new pipeline. Boise State. Thanks, Boise State. It's Boise State, the new Rick's College. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Um, that takes us to maybe the biggest shocker of all. Um, and we mentioned, like, yeah, there's just been an influx of new faces and new transfers, but to see them take starting positions right away, Dave, that, that might be the, the biggest shock of all, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 11 of the 24 starters, Dave, including the kicker, Will Farron, who we just mentioned, are transfers into the program this year. Essentially half. 11 of your 24 starters are transplants, like new. So how fast can BYU truly gel? Everyone's been talking about culture and chemistry and energy. Yeah. Hopefully all of that helps. 
and hopefully these first two games allow them a little bit of a runway before the real fun begins in 10 Power Fives. I know, Kalani, you're preparing for 12 Power Fives. I heard you last week. But these <laughs> but two games should help. They, they had 12 years to get ready to become a P5. And then when they become a P5, they had to go get a whole bunch of new guys. That, that gives you an idea of the league that the Cougars are going into and the level of football that they're going into. And it's going to be tough. They had to get deeper, so they went and got deeper. Mm -hmm. And and first test on Saturday. So is it surprising? No. It's just the reality of the big time is here, and we're trying to get deep fast. Yes. In the advanced BYU football class, the first pop quiz is on Saturday night against Sam Houston. How will the Cougars fare in that quiz, that test scenario? And if they blow Sam Houston out of the water, how much will we really read into that? This is another funny dynamic because if BYU plays a close game, we kind of go into uh-oh mode and what happened and then there's a little yeah. bit of panic. But if they blow them out, it's like, well, they were supposed to. Yeah. So it's, I, I struggle with that a little bit. How much can you really draw from something like that, this, this opener? Regardless, this is going to be great to watch football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I asked Keaton Slovis for our pregame show on game day Saturday night. Uh, a great night for Keaton Slovis would be, and asked him to finish the sentence, and he was thinking a lot like you. He'll have that answer on Saturday Ooh, night. that's a great, great, that's what we call a tease that's a in the teaser. television that's business, That's a teaser folks. from Tuesday. It's yes. going to hold over that's, to Saturday That's what we night. call a tease. That's, that's <laughs> well played by Dave McKinn. Um, we shouldn't tease the folks about exactly how many days away football is. Hit it! Countdown to the Bearcats. Four days away. Four, Dave. Four. Four. I was going to sing with you, but then I'm like, you know, when Simon and Garfunkel, when one of those wasn't there, they didn't just bring someone else to sing. <laughs> so, you know, Jerem can sing that with you tomorrow. But, yeah, we're, we're down to four. And, and you know what? Our question of the day, I think, is going to resonate across yes. social media. Yes. After seeing BYU football's depth chart, which position group are you most confident in? At OliJake3 on Instagram answers, running back. For sure, without a doubt, when A-Rod says your best player on the team, well, he said one of the best players on the right. team, is third on the depth chart, that's when you know Big 12 better be ready for this running back group. That's a good, I, I like that. I, I feel really good <laughs> about that running back position yes. looking at the depth chart. And, and eventually Rapati will get healthy yes. and join that group. That's pretty good. I, I think they're confident and they are ready, but I believe that the Big 12 is also ready, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think the Big 12 is ready. They've been Big 12 ready for a couple for of long, decades. Yeah, long time. They, both sides Houston, are ready for this. Houston might not be ready. They're not on our schedule, but yeah. the rest of those guys. They feel ready. So Bob Gertz on Facebook, the offensive line. Mm. Uh, best combination of ability, experience, interchangeability, and depth. I think he's I think he's spot on with that. I mean, when Braden Kime, a guy who's been here for a long time and is a really good offensive lineman, and when he's not a starter, Dave, that, that gives you an idea of how tough the competition was. There are there, some there are eight, dudes nine, up there. there. Yes. Yeah. So I don't disagree with that. The offensive line might be the best overall group and certainly have the most depth, and that's never a problem. No. Never a problem. No, it's only a problem when it is a problem. <laughs> and we've had it as a problem uh, in years past. But not la now we're putting guys in the NFL every year yeah. on the offensive line. And there's at least one, two, maybe three from this group that are going to play for money in the, in the years to come. Very well could One be. might even be a top ten draft pick. Kingsley Suamataia is, so, is being projected everywhere from 9 to 29. Yes. Oh, they're in the running back business and the quarterback business. The receiver business now at two in the NFL. Yeah. 
That's, that's a good business. Three straight left tackle is going to go into the NFL from BYU. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. After further review is back tonight. We're looking forward to it in the spotlight. Keaton Slovis, Aiden Robbins, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, and a healthy Isaac Rex. Join Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and me tonight at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN Plus for after further review. Once upon a time, our good friend Aaron Roderick said, stats are for losers. Well, I can tell you one stat that matters to Ben Bywater, and that is being the leading tackler. He wants it a third straight year. Is he going to get it? This is BYU Sports News. Snake in on the play. That was Ben Bywater. We are live at Studio B on a Tuesday during game week. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the always formidable and fabulous Dave McCann. Dave had the opera. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's fantastic. <laughs> Caught you off guard. Well, you present <laughs> Boise State as the next week's college. And like, well, I suggest it. Uh, come on. Someone had to. <laughs> Yesterday, I had a chance to speak with Ben Bywater, the starter and incumbent leading linebacker. In fact, he's led the Cougars the last two seasons in overall tackles, and naturally, he probably wants a third. I asked him about that and much more. Here is the fashion guru, Ben Bywater, BYU starting linebacker on BYU Sports Nation. Ben, you are a fashion guru, and not surprisingly, you have showed up with a liquid death trucker hat on. Uh, two questions there. One, why the trucker hat, and what the heck is liquid death? <laughs> I was just talking about this with uh, Kenny, you know, behind behind the scenes. I was, I the, the truckers were big, you know, in the '80s and in the '90s. They're big now. Okay, I'm bringing back the old fads. And then, uh, yeah, Liquid Death, just a little water company. I'm pretty sure they're Utah based, so you got to support the hometown. So, yeah, man, I'm just trying to mix it up. Never worn a trucker on on air before, so you just got to diversity, boys. You know, hey, are we diverse? Can we be? Can we be versatile? And that's the plan. I love it. There's a little bit of red in that hat. I'll allow it. I'll allow it for now. Okay. But bleed blue. We, it's true. It's true. Also, I just Googled liquid death and apparently it kills your thirst. So <laughs> that that's, that's the thing, right? Quencher. It quenches. <laughs> okay. Now fashion out of the way. It's on to football. What's different about the buildup to week one in 2023 compared to previous seasons you've done this as a collegiate football player yeah I would just say obviously fall camp's been different because we got a new D staff um, for us it's just been a lot more intense you know we've you can feel the urgency you can feel the intensity um, and it's been good you know everyone's held accountable everyone's on board and uh, yeah it's been it's been it's been a lot for sure but it's been it's made me a better football player and I think everyone feels the same way so yeah, everyone's getting their bodies back. You know, we're getting camp legs out of us and then just prepping for Sam Houston State come Saturday. I know you're not looking specifically at statistics, but you have led the team in tackles the past two years. So because you've done that, has that become something that you are striving for this year to make it three years straight? Absolutely. That is something I'm striving for. And and you got to stay healthy to do that. So you got You got to be in there taking care of your body. You got to be you know, doing all the little things right um, to in order to do that. So I'm very, I'm very blessed and I feel honored to, you know, have done that, you know, have led the team in tackles the past two years. I'm playing alongside great linebackers. And this year I'm playing alongside AJ and Max and a bunch of other good players. So 
I got to bring my A game every week. And it's not me versus them. We're working in unison. We're working together. Um, but yeah, would love to would love to three-peat that. Yeah, how would you explain the dynamic of that group of the other two guys you just mentioned with Max Tooley and AJ Vongpachal? Like, what what type of backer are you in that uh, dynamic? The three Musketeers. Like, what role do all of you play as you work cohesively together? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say obviously we know who Max is. Max is a heavy hitter. He's a playmaker. Uh, I love playing with Max because you know the intimidate. I mean, the intimidation <laughs> factor. He does it all right and AJ is a super solid very sound very fundamental smart backer as well and so I I love playing against both those guys because they they both have played a lot of college football they know what they're doing um but for me you know I, I just want to be a leader out there I want to be a guy who you know they look at and they go okay Ben Bywater you know he he not only does what he's supposed to do but he comes up and makes big time plays when we need him um I just want to be a guy that's reliable I want to be a guy that they they view as an asset out there on the field and just, you know, a camaraderie guy. I want to be a guy that they love playing with, a guy who roots for his teammates. Um, that's who I want to be. I want to be a guy who is their biggest cheerleader as well. So AJ and Max, man, I got the utmost respect for both those guys. Um, those guys are obviously one on the depth chart right now, but there's a lot of other young backers in there that are studs as well. So um, that's where I feel like I fit. I'm obviously going to go play, go ball, go do my thing. Um, but that's how I view myself in that room. The defense feels like they're ready to be opportunistic and uh, ready to prove some people wrong. But when you look at the statistics from last year, why do you feel like you're poised to do so? I mean, what are, what are you seeing from not just the linebacker group, but from the entirety of the defense that makes you say, yeah, we are going to be better and we are going to be much different than last year? I would say we'd start with Jay Hill. You know, he's came in and, and done a tremendous job just with the culture with, Hey, these are the expectations. This is the standard. This is how we do things. Um, and it's been, it's been electric and it's been contagious. I really feel like everybody's on board. Everybody feels, you know, optimistic. If you ask Tyler Batty, he feels the same way. You ask any of our safeties, they everybody feels like they can go out and ball this year and, and make big time plays on a big time stage. So I, I tip my hat to Jay Hill. You know, he's a tremendous coach and, you know, he's, he's brought that energy and that, that vibe that really is, it's so easy to get on board with because, you know, he, he, he lifts you up while he's lifting himself up and everybody. So um, the culture number one is, is why we, I feel like are the mystic defense this year. And, and I'm, I'm really excited to go prove people wrong and, and you do our thing. Maybe you just answered the question, but let me rephrase it a little bit. When I ask you the strength of the BYU defense in 2023 culture certainly is a huge factor there, but, from a skill set perspective, I mean, is it tackling? Is it physicality? Like, where, where, what is the strength of the BYU defense right now? I would say we had a we had a great fall camp tackling, and you know that's hard that's hard to answer not having played any games. Um, but from what I've seen is that we are obviously we want to be a great man coverage team. We want to be a great in zones. We're versatile. We do a lot of different things. Um, but I would just say you know aggression and and being hungry, right? Mm. Being hungry. We're, we're coming off, we're, we're ambitious. We're coming off a season that, you know, maybe we're not the most proud about, but uh, you know, we got a lot of people to prove wrong. We got a lot of things we can go do, but I would just say we're a hungry, scrappy defense this year. That's going to go, you know, show the world, you know, what we can do. Hey, if your strengths are aggression and strong tackling, that's a great start for BYU football. <laughs> ben say. Bywater is with us on BYU sports nation. You've had a couple of unfortunate injuries to the safety group. Uh, yeah. losing your friend Micah Harper and now Talon Alfrey's down for a little bit with an injury as well. 
What can you do in the linebacker room and up front on the defensive, uh, the front seven, essentially, to help out the safeties that are trying to figure some things out with some unfortunate injuries? Yeah, I mean, you hate to see that. You hate to see Micah go down. Talent, it's, it breaks my heart because those guys work really, really hard. Um, but for us, you know, nothing changes. You know, I know that sounds, you know, cliche. Everybody says that, but it is next man up. You know, I really trust, you know, I, I think Ethan Slade is going to be one of those guys that steps in. And I've been seeing him make plays for three years now, you know, whether it's scout, whether it's versus our offense. I really believe in him. I think he can make a strong push and go ball. So it's next man up. Um, but for us, it's stay poised, keep that camaraderie. You know, when we face adversity, we're not pointing fingers at each other. You know, we're rallying together, rallying the troops, and, you know, we're keeping that positive mindset. So, yeah, that's how, obviously, you know, we face that little adversity right there. But, you know, it's how do you respond? How do you keep charging forward? Okay, we'll finish with a couple of quick hitters. Uh, number one, what's the toughest part about defending against a Keaton Slovis-led BYU offense? His accuracy. He is an accurate, and when he wants to put the ball on the money, he can do it. So, He's, he's, yeah, I would say accuracy number one. And, you know, he's experienced. He's got a lot of college football under his belt and uh, he knows what he's doing. So accuracy number one. Okay. Number two, is there anything special that you're going to be wearing on game day, Ben, that, that, or during game week? That's a great question. I think I'm just going to go back to my black cleats guys. You know, I, I will say <laughs> in, in 2021, I was primarily one of the only guys wearing black cleats. Now, come Saturday, I don't want to say anything, but <laughs> might be half the team wearing black cleats, okay? Just, hey, you didn't hear from me. All right, you didn't hear from me. Oh, Ben setting the trend once again. Uh, and finally, any more mic'd up segments we can expect from you at any point this season? <laughs> oh, boys, boys, that was, uh, you know, hopefully they give me the mic again. You never know. You never know. <laughs> we, the edited, you know, we maybe get the unedited version, you know, coming out, but I was so tired that day. We were running around like crazy and I was like just puffing and puffing that day. So I'm glad that they were able to make me look somewhat presentable. I was probably slurring my words and not seeing straight, you know, on the uncut version. But, you know, they, <laughs> our media team, our media team is the best. They do a great job making all of us look cooler than we are. So shout out to our media team. Love those guys. Hey, to your credit, you stole a few passes, to use a phrase that you brought up earlier in this interview, and uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Grab your liquid death spring water. Get ready for football, man. It's coming on Saturday night. Yes, sir, boss. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk. Ben Bywater is clearly, I mean, he he might be the best linebacker in that group. I shouldn't say clearly. He might be, but he's He's clearly the favorite to lead the team in tackles again, Dave. It's a, it's a situation where two is better. Two is, is number one. Number two is number one at BYU. Hey, he's Leading rock, tackler. Rocking again, the number two. Two years in a row. Two years in a row yeah. Joined by Max Tooley and A.J. Vong Pachan. Those three are, are the big three if you will in the linebacker room. But what about the guys behind Bywater, Tooley, and Vong Pachan? Isaiah Glasker has been one of the fall camp MVPs, and frankly, he was a spring football MVP. Harrison Taggart, the transfer from Oregon, has ascended up the depth chart. Yeah. He came in, and they thought that maybe he was going to you know, see some special teams, or, but he had a long road to climb. Harrison Taggart is right there, and then Ammon Hanneman, um, I, I spoke with his dad. He said he's been eating like three peanut butter sandwiches every night to like bulk up and gain weight, and he's done it. Um, and it's it's like protein muscle weight. So 
So Ammon Hanneman at linebacker as well. Like all of a sudden that linebacker room feels like it's pretty solid. Yeah, and, right? and there's optimism because everyone's healthy. You know, these guys on the depth chart are healthy and ready to go. And, and so, yeah, at, at full speed and full power, BYU fields a very good football team. More then, peanut butter sandwiches then, for all. <laughs> well, I'll be eating peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> to get to October. Uh, plan to be with us Saturday night for game day, the season premiere out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. In fact, if you're around these places and you drive past the stadium today, you'll see our crew setting up our game day set. I and, love uh, it. It's like uh, it's like when they set up the the thing for Times Square in New York. Yes. You know, the way they start moving the barricades, this is what's going down. Like over Christmas decorations for us, Dave. Eight o'clock Eastern time, <laughs> two hours of pregame coverage. Spencer Blaine, David, Brian, myself, will get you ready for kickoff Saturday night, opening night on game day on BYU TV and ESPN+. It is cut down day in the National Football League. Rosters for all 32 teams being significantly trimmed. How many former Cougars do we expect to make a 53-man roster. We'll tell you next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Had some mint brownies the other day. They were the MVP of that yes. event. Yes, always the right decision. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dave McCann. Let's get to today's headlines presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Start us off, Dave. BYU football four days away from opening night. Sam Houston will be here. Here's what head coach Kalani Sataki had to say about opening up the season against the Bearcats. Just tons of athleticism and tons of talent and really well coached. And so uh, it's going to be an exciting game. We're excited to be here at home and it's a home opener and looking forward to the season. It's now come. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've been fielding these questions for a long time since uh, even spring ball. And uh, now that we're here, it's, it's uh, game week and the guys are really uh, excited and we're ready to roll. BYU also named Keaton Slovis, Isaac Rex, Connor Pei, Kingsley Suamataia, Ben Bywater, Tyler Batty, Eddie Heckard, and A.J. Vong Pachang as the eight captains, along with ten other players being named as co-captains. NFL cutdown day is today. Mm. Rosters by league mandate have to be trimmed to 53 players by 4 p.m. Eastern. Zane Anderson, former Cougar standout, was waived by the Buffalo Bills this morning, but is expected to have plenty of options to land on a practice squad because uh, he's a special team star, including in Buffalo. He might end up there on the practice squad. BYU currently has 21 former players on, or, or yes, rather former players on NFL rosters. How many will stick is the question. Think about it there are going to be 105 Cougars come out dressed Saturday night from the locker room. There's 53 guys on an NFL team. Half. It is so tough to make it. We wish them all the best. We'll keep you posted. Women's soccer up to number nine in the yes. country. And, uh, and cruising after beating Long Beach State and Boise State last week. So they got number one UCLA at Southfield on Thursday. It's a mega night at Southfield. It'll be the first time the Cougars have hosted a number one team since Stanford yes. in 2018. If you're anywhere near Southfield, buy a ticket. You're going to want to be at this event. Stanford was so dominant in 2018, and BYU was not quite on par. This is a little different. 
Yeah. BYU has a legitimate chance, like, chance to win this game against number one. And you're going to want to be there the night BYU takes down number one Thursday night. Doesn't happen often that a number one team's in Provo. After a 3-0 weekend and upset win over Pittsburgh, BYU women's volleyball also into the top ten. They move up eight spots. Is everybody in the top ten that's shown, started playing? Feels like it. The Cougars now number nine in the ABCA poll. They host LMU in their home opener tomorrow night. Hey, wait till cross country gets going. They're going to the top ten. Three top ten teams, right? Three, there, will, there will be three top ten teams, maybe four. If the men's and women's cross country teams yeah. are both ranked in the top ten, how about that? We're pacing for a very, very fun fall. They're okay. Big 12 ready. Yes, all of them. Those are today's headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU was second uh, among Big 12 or leaders. <laughs> what, what is when an they or leader? The depth chart, meaning it's going to be Dave or Spencer uh -huh, starting okay. at quarterback tonight. <laughs> so they had 19 ors on their list. Baylor uh, had 29. 29? Does this mean anything? Uh, apparently, Oklahoma has just entered the conversation with 21 oars. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we're not talking about the rowing team. So, BYU's number three. No, I, I think coaches just leave themselves options. Some programs more than others. You know what Clearly, they don't want to do? Baylor. They don't want to hear from the parents. So they're going to go, you know what? I don't want to hear from Mrs. Jones. I'm putting him as an oar. Yeah. Or, could be this, or could be this guy. Like, and it just sounds non-committal to me, Dave. Yeah. Like, be, beware the uh, fiancé that is <laughs> in you, favor of the or category. Broadcasters love it when there's like 19 <laughs> ors. Yeah. Prepare for these guys, or you should prepare for these guys. Yeah. Who's the starter? Well, let's see. How much time do you have? The Big Ten announces its schools will put out a game day availability report. So like, kind of like the NFL, at least two hours before each game this season. They're just going to say who's available. Clearly, they've been watching BYU Sports Nation game day because we do that before every football game. <laughs> you do it with your report. It's going to yes. be one of the shortest lists ever on Saturday night. Gosh, come on. Which we're really excited about. Come on. I'm not drafting any Big Ten guys on my fantasy team, so I don't care. <laughs> but... It's good to know. Yes, I As do. As a fan, I want to know if my guys. Play. Yes, I do like that this is happening. I think I think this is long overdue for one, and a progressive of sorts by the Big Ten to take this to the college game and say yes, this is who is available. It helps us broadcasters so much. Yes, there was a report that the Vikings had an opportunity to trade for former 49ers and now current Cowboys quarterback Trey Lance. Yes. But the Vikings were content with sticking with Jaron Hall. What 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 do you make of this? I believe Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, who said after the final preseason game on Saturday, I really liked what I saw from Jaron Hall, and I'm paraphrasing, and he said, I'd like to keep him around for a long time. So in that moment, I was like, Jaron just made the team. And yeah. yeah, like, so I'm not shocked at all that they have opted to go with their guy. They saw him, they wanted him, they drafted him. Trey Lance, we'll see, but like. They like, gave up on him quick. Yeah. The NFL gives up on guys. Credit the Jets for not giving up on Zach. That's a top five pick. Yeah. Top five pick, wild. All right, speaking of the NFL, Dave, following the cut down day, we mentioned there are 21 BYU players still technically on rosters until yeah. at least 4 p.m. Eastern 4 today, 2 p.m. Mountain. So of those 21, over under 13 former Cougars that will stick on a 53-man roster. I'm going to take a gamble and go over Ooh. because I think I think there'll be 13, and a 14 could be a guy like Matt Bushman. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm going to go with over, but that's 
I don't know if BYU's ever had 14 guys. And Kyle Van Noy is still sitting at home taking it easy, waiting to sign with a team. So we could have an actual sure. another one coming I mean, it was, it was pretty close to that last year, like 13 or 14 yeah. last year. Um, so what hurts is BYU, no Daniel Sorensen on a roster right now, no Kyle Van Noy on a roster right now. and But no, you've added three with Freeland, Holland, and Puka. And Puka Nakua. And no Harvey Longy on a roster. Right. So, like, there's a little bit of trade-off. Like, yeah. last year was pretty good. There were 13 or 14 guys. Just let me run down these names really fast that are absolutely going to make it. Tyler Algier, Brady Christensen, Sione Takitaki, uh, Blake Freeland, okay? Michael Davis, Puka Nakua, I feel like, is a lock. Jaron Hall, I think, is a lock. Kyrus Tonga, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Zach Wilson, Fred Warner, Dax Milne. That's 13 right there. So, can a guy like Chris Brooks or Matt Bushman or uh, Tyson Williams. Yeah. Will there be, so I'm, I'm with you. I think they have 13 or solid. There's going to be one more that sticks. It's going to be 14, Dave. I'm with I, you. I do like Tyson Williams' shot with Arizona. Right? Nebraska's women's volleyball team is going to play a game uh, inside their football stadium tomorrow. <laughs> volleyball match in the football stadium. Okay. I've been to the football stadium. It's cavernous. Yes. Uh, they're going to do some volleyball down there. Uh, would you like to see BYU's women's or men's volleyball team play a game inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium? or even the Marriott Center instead of the Fieldhouse. I cannot say this strongly enough. No! Never do this, ever. The Smith Fieldhouse is so special. Can you imagine how many cougar tails you could sell at a volleyball game I, at the Marriott Center? If you want to make money, great. But if you want it to be a special victory and give your team and fans the best experience, right. you're going to keep everything in the Smith Fieldhouse. thank Field goodness House. college sports has nothing to do with making money. Can you imagine? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Can you imagine if Duke basketball said, hey, let's go play uh, a game at the football stadium. And you take away the majesty and the history of Cameron and Dorch on the seats Square 9, Garden. They go to other venues. Sure, that's fine, but they're, those are out of town. I'm saying like this is like on campus. This is another. I would never have BYU volleyball play at a separate how venue about, on campus. How about the volleyball team against the U.S. national team at the Marriott Center in an exhibition, a friendly? Maybe the U.S. dictates that. Okay, sure. If that's, so that, that's the, you've, given, you've given me one option that I'm <laughs> may consider. I think about it. <laughs> Season debut of BYU football with Kalani Sataki. That's tonight at 8.30 Eastern time. Quarterback Keaton Slovis will join the coach as they get ready for Sam Houston. Watch it live on the BYU TV app. You can also get free tickets to the show. Watch it in person. Go to BYUSN.com. Do it! And to adequately celebrate the season opening week for BYU football, it's time to visit the land of nostalgia. With a stop at our indisputable top five season opening wins in Cougar football history. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's indisputable. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. He throws a deep ball to an open receiver. He's got a pull for a touchdown. Touchdown, BYU! Touchdown for Brigham Young. Lost the football. Into the end zone. BYU touchdown. Oh, yeah. Watching that, everybody feeling good right now. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. It is time for Top 5 Tuesday featuring the top five season opening wins in Cougar football history. Dave, start us off. Take us to the land of nostalgia. This segment's so big we have to be here on the big yes. board. Let's yes. go back to 2011. That's Ole Miss taking the field. BYU in their very first game as an independent. Jake Heaps is a quarterback. Gets picked off there. This one actually goes back for a touchdown. And Ole Miss jumps up 13-0. They're up 13-zip in the fourth. Heaps 
with a touchdown pass to Ross Oppo, and then Kyle Van Noy. Not only does he cause the fumble, he gets up and recovers the fumble for the game-winning touchdown. Cougars win it 14 to 13. Love it. And they go to 10 and 3. They finished 10 and 3 in their first year as an independent. That was the first one. KVN, and it was pointed out earlier this week, AJ Bongpachan goes by AJV. So maybe that means AJV. good things. KVN and an AJV. Let's That's go. gotta mean good things. Number four. Uh yeah, let's go to. Lincoln, Nebraska. Dave, you were there. Oh, yeah, it was something. This is unbelievable. BYU visiting Lincoln for the first time ever in this matchup. Up 10 were the Cougars at half behind two rush touchdowns and a pass touchdown from Taysom Hill, but had to leave with that infamous foot injury. Liz Frank. Ugh. True freshman Tanner Mangum comes into the game down one, fourth and three. Mangum to Mitch Matthews. Caught for the touchdown. A Hail Mary for the ages by BYU at Lincoln Memorial. The miracle at Memorial and Bronco Mendenhall <laughs> celebration. Just epic. BYU wins 33-28. ESPN had this as number two in their list of greatest college football season openers just a few days ago. There was something else. One memory I, I won't forget is right after the game, we're interviewing Tanner Mangum live on BYU TV. And just before the interview starts is when he's informed Taysom's out for the year. So you have the high of highs and oh. then... Yes. Low of lows, and then also the pressure of having to be the guy, all within about 30 seconds. What, what an unbelievable turn of events. Like, all right, let's go to number three. It was a hot August day here at Lavelle Edwards oh yeah. Stadium. Yep. Texas A&M's in town, the wrecking crew. The I right want those team. uniforms back, Dave. Steve Sarkeesian throwing a touchdown to Attila Mini. What a day for Sark. 33 of 44, 436 yards and six touchdowns. Take that, that vaunted wrecking crew. Uh, and this is the big one to KO Louie. 50 yards. It's a game winner. Oh. BYU wins at 41-37. They go on to a 14-1 season, beat Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. How about KO catching the game winner dramatically against Texas A&M to open the season, and then catching the game winner to open it dramatically again, or to to win the game dramatically against Kansas State? Uh, storybook season yeah. number two, 1984. BYU at Pittsburgh, the first nationally televised college football game that was live on ESPN. BYU trailed 14-3 in the third, but Locke Heimuli brought it with one score with a 12-yard touchdown run. Then down to Robbie Bosco, 50 yards to Adam Haysbert. His brother is the All-State guy, Dennis Haysbert, but Adam was the real star on this day. BYU leading 20 to 14. They would hold on and win by that score. The Cougars, of course, went 13 and 0 national champs. What's better than beating number three Pittsburgh to open up a national championship season, Dave? You see that ESPN logo? Yes. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> by the way, Blaine Fowler uh, completed the first pass ever televised live yes. on ESPN. Yes, BYU it had was a trick early play. In the game, a little trick trick play. Bosco handed to him. He chucked it downfield to Kozlowski. I think he threw a terrible pass, but Kozlowski <laughs> made a spectacular grab. Blaine will tell you it was a fabulous History pass, and he got hit by a huge linebacker. Blaine will tell you a lot of things, and he'll tell you tonight on after further <laughs> review. All right, let's go to number one. Of course, we're going to Texas Cowboys Stadium. Oh, yes. Here come the Cougars against number three, Oklahoma, in a, in a game for the ages. This is in 2009. That's Dennis Pitta, the Hall of Famer, in for the touchdown. This one back and forth, but this was the big hit of the game. Oh, the AC Sam joint. Bradford out for the season. That torpedoed the Sooners. And Max Hall. McKay Jacobson, back of the end zone. That's the game winner. Sooners had a chance with a long 54-yard field goal. It's not close. BYU wins it 14-13. They finish that season 11-2. You know, they beat Ole Miss, the first Independence game, 14-13. They beat Oklahoma. Their biggest win as an Independent, 14-13.
How about that? Okay, I'll just, so many good memories, good feels right now. Like this, this is an unbelievable game for BYU. We celebrated hard in Provo that night. That is, that is for sure. That just took Tuesday to a whole new level. We got volleyball this week. The Cougars up to number nine in the polls. Everyone's number nine, really, what's going on now. And BYU hosting LMU, the home opener. That's at 9 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow night. Jerem Jordan, Amy Gant on the call. And you can see it on Big 12 now, ESPN Plus. LMU, BYU, women's volleyball. Still on the way. We need your elite voice. After seeing BYU football's depth chart, which position group are you most confident in? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back with our question of the day. After seeing BYU football's depth chart, which position group are you most confident in? Dave, what do you have? Kyle Russin on X, I would say the running backs with guys like Davis and Rapati in the fourth and fifth spot. I feel really good about the depth there. Hope Robin stays healthy all year. But if something happens, there's a trove of talent to back him up. Yes. Now, there's a word you don't often hear. Trove. trove. I love that. We're using it today. Word of the day. Uh, yeah, Miles Davis. Remember when he had his yeah. breakout game against Wyoming? Wyoming depth does. there. Yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Saya Pack on X, who says the offensive line has the utmost confidence, size, athleticism, flexibility, and understanding to play multiple positions, depth. They seem to have it all, including being led by their own King Zlee. Nice. Let's go. That is truly well as well played. An elite <laughs> voice. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, but to all the Cougars that are trying to make NFL rosters. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. It's, it's a tough. big day. It's tough to make it and stick in the NFL, and a bunch of them have done it. Our thanks to today's guest, Ben Bywater. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all our shows on demand at BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Hema Hemuli from those mid-'90s BYU football teams. See you tonight on After Further Review. Go Cougs!